What is creativity? Why is it so important to us as humans? Can we be both creative and analytical? What happens if we've been doing something for over a decade, we're great at it, but we're bored now and we're lost as, why is this happening? These questions and many more are what James and I dive into in today's episode. James is the CEO of Bright Idea Marketing and he's been a deep thinker and creative thinker for much of his life. He shares stories from his childhood of being curious and open and exploring the world around him and also the desire for entrepreneurship even when he didn't even know what those concepts were. Creativity, authenticity, understanding ourselves, self-awareness are many of the topics that James and I discuss in today's episode of Order Within. If you're curious about how to leverage creativity in your life with balancing analytical skills and systems while also exploring who you are and finding alignment with the work that you do, then this episode may be just for you. So let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Order Within, navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Brandon Ward, back with another episode of Order Within. We got another fantastic guest today. James Smith is joining us. He's a marketer, entrepreneur, personal development junkie, CEO of Bright Idea Marketing. James, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man, me too. We we had an interesting first conversation. Those intro conversations are always great because you get a sense of where guests are coming from, the things you're going through, your focal points, your expertise. And something that really stood out to me, well, one, we obviously vibe on the personal development side. You and I both read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. That was something that we connected on initially, which kind of sparked our conversation around personal development. But you've been running an agency for 13 years, I think you mentioned to me earlier. That's right. Successful agency, which I ran an agency for a couple of years. It's really tough work, low margin businesses. So it, it takes some grit, determination, obviously some organization to run an agency like that for 10 plus years. So kudos to you for that, James. But you're going through a bit of a transition period right now. And that was really one of the big things that stood out, I think, in our initial conversation. So I'm excited to talk about that for someone, because I think a lot of people target success. They look at building businesses. They think someone's been growing a business for 13 years. Why in the world would you want to pivot now? But I think that's something that a lot of us can relate to in terms of careers, businesses that we're building. So I'd love for, for James, if you could, maybe just a, a, a brief background on the, the journey around your business and then kind of what prompted you to, to transition or, or work on a shift right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start from when I was a kid. So uh, as a kid, I, I really enjoyed coming up with ideas and starting new businesses, if you will. Uh, for example, I was, uh, I think, nine years old. I came up with an idea to buy and sell video games because I love video games myself. And it seemed like a fun thing to do. And as soon as I had this idea, I thought, okay, we can have my back window where I, in my room, I could have people walk up to the window. I could sell the, the video games and they could buy from me and we can exchange it. And it was just this idea that popped in my head of like, wow, I can build this whole empire from the back of my room. And so stuff like that, I also had- Was that before GameStop? It's like GameStop before GameStop. <laughs> right, yeah, it was, it was around that time. And I was like, I convinced uh, my, my cousin and a friend, I said, hey, this, this idea is like, we've got to do this thing. So I you know, dragged them along basically into the business. We got business cards printed out. We did the whole thing. And right. I think we sold a couple of video games. So it was kind of exciting. It was like a kind of a taste of entrepreneurship. But from there, I, I thought, you know what? I could start a computer repair company. So in high school, I had a lot of people come to me and say, and I was very techie. So they come to me and say, hey, I need to get my iPod touch to talk about and uh, show my age, I guess, a little bit. They said, we need to get it hacked. We need to have all these new apps. So I would charge, they'd give me the, their touch and I'd, their iPod touch and I'd be able to play with it for a whole week while telling them I'm, I'm working on it. 
and I'd hack it for them and they'd pay me hundred bucks or something like that. So there's always these ideas and these fun things that I did throughout my childhood and as I grew up and it really just continued on. And when I was about 17 or so is when I got my first job. It was a, at a golf course and this golf course, basically they had, I was just in the back cleaning and washing the, the golf carts and it was very much a grind. But the first day I was excited because I was like, I'm going to do the best that I possibly can at this job even though it's minimum wage and people don't care, I'm going to do the best that I can. I showed up with a notepad and I, I went up to the manager. I said, Hey, I'm ready to go. Teach me everything you got. And he laughed at me. He said, why are you taking it so seriously? It's not a, it's not a good job. It's like, it's a joke. Basically. I thought, wow. Okay. People don't take things seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so that lasted probably about six months ago or six months or so when he fired literally everybody by text. So that was my first Lovely. experience of the corporate world of the corporate world. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you trying to improve so, things and take ser take pride in your work and you're fired with no sense of dignity? Welcome to corporate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Great first experience. So I thought, okay, let's try something else. So I, I went to ask to interview at Office Depot. So Office Depot had this very big tech department and they would sell computers and also computer repairs. We got to do repair stuff. So I was like, okay. This is my world. I love tech. This is fun. And the same thing happened there. It was more of the manager that was uh, above me didn't really care being there. He just clocked in and clocked out. And here I was sitting there thinking, man, there's so many ideas that we could do. If we offered these services and these services, we could grow the revenue of the business. We could actually increase the store's numbers and we could have a higher ranking in the district. So I had all these ideas and I, I went to my manager and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to the store manager. I said, look, I think if we did these three things, we'd really make a difference. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. I can talk to somebody about it. From his answer, I could tell it was going to go nowhere. <laughs> so I promptly left the week after Black Friday. It was a very painful Black Friday because you have to be up at four o'clock in the morning. It was freezing cold and you have a lot of people who are angry because they didn't get their discount or they didn't get in early enough. And they're just yelling at you like, why don't you have this thing anymore? So that was my foray into the corporate world or into the uh, job position that way. And I thought, you know what? This isn't for me. <laughs> so I'm done. I'm so out. That was my moment. <laughs> yeah. So that was my moment of, you know what? I've got all these ideas. I'd love to be able to implement them. And I think I've got to try something on my own. So that's, that's what started the entrepreneurial journey. Um, it's awesome, man. It's funny, James, so, because I had a similar... I had a similar corporate experience at Circuit City. It was one of my first jobs. Went through the, the Black Friday hell that it is working in those crazy sale-driven things. And that was one of the things that always stifled me in the corporate world was just the, the lack of desire to innovate, often the the desire to simply just do what you need to do to get by. There's not really any kind of impetus to improve or or press forward or evolve. And it was just a status quo. and. I try even different sizes of companies, which is what it sounds like. The golf course was probably a smaller company. And then the, the obviously Home Depot is a massive corporation. Like you get a sense of even the small companies and the big companies can have that same kind of limitations around how they view work. I love that you came into your first job with this high sense of pride. Was that something you learned? I mean, was that innate in you? Was that something that you adopted from your family? I mean, wh where was that coming from? Yeah. So I, I think a lot of this, definitely upbringing, definitely my personality is part of that as well. It's, it's a combination. And at some point in this, I'd love to talk about just knowing yourself and finding out who you actually are. Because yeah. I think that'll direct and that'll get to this stuff we're about to talk about as well, my transition phase. And yeah, I think it's a combination. It's a combination of how you grew up and also just your natural personality. For me, I just wanted to do the best that I could. I wanted to, to bring as much value to, to wherever I was. And I had a lot of ideas. I'd love to see the ideas come to fruition because it's just a, a fun thing to, when, you, when you're just full, full of ideas, it'd be fun to see it actually happen in reality. But I think it's a combo. It's really cool, James, because I, I, it's underrated the sense of intrinsic fulfillment that you can gain when you bring a sense of pride to the work that you're doing. Even in, I, I mean, I love that it was at first, you're, you're washing golf carts. People could easily dismiss that as, but the way we approach any activity, 
is going to dictate the experience we have and what we get from it and also what we give. And, and because the interesting thing about taking pride in what you do, regardless of the task that you're focusing on, is it's the opportunity to create meaning in the experience of what we're doing and share something that might be impactful for others as well. And that's an underrated component of bringing that element to the work that we do, regardless of what we're doing, that I think a lot of people miss because they view it in a superficial or shallow way. Like, I'm just watching golf carts. What what could be improved about this or why should I care about that? But the reason is we get a great sense of pride and fulfillment when we bring that perspective to the work that we're doing, regardless of what the work is itself. And I think it's a testament to how much power we hold in our perspective and the attitudes that we bring towards what we work. Like, so, so that was intrinsic for you in a lot of ways. It it, it was. And I I think it was my, my, my naivete to think that everybody had that same mindset Mm -hmm. and it was, it was quite a, quite a shift. And one thing that I've, I've realized is whatever situation that, uh, that we're in, you can reframe it in your mind and look at the positive side of it. It could be at, at rock bottom. I've had plenty of rock bottom moments, which we can talk about in the business, where if you simply look at it from a different lens, that in reality, it's, it could be the best moment of your life. It could be the time that you turn things around. It could be the push you needed to actually learn the thing you needed to learn or learn more about yourself, about where am I best fit? What are my natural talents that I should focus on? And it, it's all about wh- whatever the, the angle that you look at it, where it's actually productive to you. There's the, the argument of uh, people say pessimists will, will label, I don't like labels like this, but people who say that they're, they're uh, realistic is how they reframe pessimism. And other people say, oh, I'm optimistic or no, like there's all this potential. They're both, I'm not going to say inherently bad or wrong, but for me, the way I look at it is you can look at anything as a positive or negative. And if you look at things from a, a negative point of view, typically your mind is going to follow that. Your body's going to follow that and not do anything to get yourself out of it. It's, it's a, a detriment to you typically when you think of things in a very negative pattern. But if you can look at things positively, and there's a balance to it, at least your body is not tight. It's not, you know, closed off to new ideas, closed off to different things that can actually provide the support that you need or the, the breakthrough that you need. So uh, I typically like leaning towards the positivity that's grounded. So, yeah. I dig it, man. I appreciate that perspective because it is a balance in the sense of we have to be grounded in reality so we know what we face, what we're up against. But that doesn't mean we have to be pessimistic in the face of challenges or setbacks or a lot of work that we have to do in front of us. And I love the way you're talking about it from that perspective because the way we frame it matters. And that's the power that we hold. That the perspective power that we have is a choice that we make. And when we, and you nailed it, man, like the, you, the way you approach something, your perspective will impact your, your mind, your body, your energy, every way, everything you're bringing to that activity. If you have a pessimistic view that can hinder and limit your ability. Whereas an optimistic perspective is going to look for opportunities. It's going to look for solutions. You're going to be forward thinking. It's applying our creative mind as opposed to the fear-based mind, which is pointing out problems and then just staying stuck in those problems. And I think in the world that we live in, unfortunately, it's very, it can be very binary, like in that sense. And because and, you're right, right? The, the labels can be challenging, but it does help us identify where we are and, and what we're up against. But the binary component, man, can be so limiting. And when we look at things from a negative perspective or a pessimistic perspective, even if realistically it's a hellish situation, bringing optimism can allow us to overcome really any situation with the realistic approach that we know we have to get to work. You got to apply solutions. It doesn't just magically go away. But I think to me, that's a testament to your mindset and what you've been able to do running Bright Idea Marketing, because ultimately you don't solve those types of problems that you need to solve for clients when you're running an agency, having a pessimistic, limited mindset like that. It's just... Or in any endeavor, for that matter, if you want to do something great with your life, I think you really have to bring that openness to it. And dude, it's cool that was part of your personality, but I imagine it was a bit of a shock realizing that the world doesn't operate like that, huh? Absolutely. And the other thing is, as well, 
you'll never be able to be most creative, but never be able to get yourself out of situations in times of scarcity mindset. If you, if you, for me personally, it was a, a mini hell working at those two different jobs. <laughs> and for me, it was like, wow, this is, this is pretty bad. I don't like this and this is not fun. I'm not going to be able to grow in the company. I'm not going to be able to add the value that I want to add. But the other perspective is now I have some contrast. Now I can, now I have an idea of what I do want and what I didn't want. I had to go through that mini hell, if you will, to, to learn that stuff. And looking at it from that perspective, the abundance of ideas can come from that. So you'll never be able to solve the hardest problems in the mindset of scarcity. And if you do, that's usually not the right decision. But when you can come from it from the side of abundance, at least as a temporary thing to get you past that moment, usually there's more ideas that come to you. There's more opportunities to show up because you are open to what's out there. Yeah, man. I, I couldn't agree more, James. And I think that's where the power that we hold as individuals, as humans, as creators is, I mean, Henry, Ford, that quote by Henry Ford, I love, it's always stood out to me is whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right either way. I don't think it's exactly what he said, but that is to me exactly what you're speaking to. It's the abundance or scarcity mindset. However, we're applying that in our life will reflect in the way we're looking at things. And the, the most challenging situations when we bring an abundance mindset to a scenario, we open ourselves to the opportunity that things can come into our life because, man, there is so much brilliance in the universe, in ourselves, in others. And that abundance, that openness, the growth mindset, really, that to me, that's what we're describing. That's what we're talking about. That's what this poster here is for me. Learning about the growth mindset really tra tra transformed my life. And because of that, it's you create space and opportunities for things to flow into your life that weren't there before. Because every innovation, everything that's ever been created in our time, in our history of humanity, was once an idea. And then we bring it to life. So it's, it's really great that in a way, James, your individual journey is a reflection of the kind of larger cosmic journey of humanity, right? Starting with ideas, bringing this, this approach to everything that we're doing and, and building from that. So that's rad, man. But that was, so you were young then when you started Bright Idea. Huh? I was, yes. I was actually in college in my dorm. Nice. And I had started it. I had probably a, about a year and a half left before I were to graduate with my bachelor's and uh, already had the business running and uh, we had customers coming in. So I actually decided that I was going to go all in and I left school. So that's how, how it started. Nice, yeah. man. You're, you're a college dropout. I love it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Some of the and, most you know, brilliant people in our society are, are college dropouts, though, by the way. Some of those brilliant people that I know never went to school. So it's not, I love, that's a testament to the fact that education is not necessarily a determining factor of someone's success, James. So that's, that's great. Formal education. That's formal. right. Education is incredibly important for sure. Yeah. But yeah, formal education is not required in most cases, not every case, but yeah. And once I had those jobs, just continue the story with it. There was, I had absolute clarity after I left that I was going to run a business. I was going to, this is going to be the thing I was going to do marketing. And that was going to be just my thing for the rest of my life. So I had absolute clarity moving forward, but coming to today, we'll get to that. Now there's a shift. So it's not that I learned the lesson and cool, I'm done. That phase of life of learning what I want to do is done. It's always continual, right? There's always going to be some more steps ahead. Yeah. It's the, the thing that shifted for me, James, and because your points very important especially for high achieving individuals, people that want to do a lot with their life. They have a lot of goals. They're ambitious. Phenomenal. Like creating and building is such a fulfilling thing, especially when it's aligned with our values and what we really, what really matters to us. But embracing the process, man, the journey of creating, of building is really what enables us to achieve the outcomes that we desire because it, you don't get to any end state without fully diving into the process. And if we're trying to skip the process to get to the desired end state, we're simply never going to get there. And I, and that happens a lot in our society with the instant gratification, the things that mislead us into believing we can have everything now without putting in the work, the time and the energy. And then we become deeply satisfied with the lives that we're creating. And I think that's so much of that is connected to the misconception of so heavily focused on the end outcomes that we want 
and not learning and understanding ourselves to, to fall in love with the process. Mm. It is like, so yeah, I'd love your thoughts on that. A hundred percent. And, and all this, I think there's an undertone here of a framework of the, what they call the hero's journey. The hero's journey is basically a walkthrough of nothing is a straight line up and to the right. There's, there's trials and tribulations you have to go through. There's, there's moments where you're down and it's like, okay, where am I going to go from here? And I've had those moments many times. And then there's the moments of, wow, everything's going great, beautiful, like I'm on top of the world. And then you get hit with another trial. And it's, it's that process that, that makes you who you are. It, it builds, it, it's what creates your life. And it, without that, if there's no, there's no trial, then, then you're not much of a human being, to be honest. Mm. If you haven't gone through those, you haven't had to personally develop people who pay attention to the personal development stuff is they understand the value and need to become a better person because we're not just born at this perfect person who can handle every situation. We haven't gone through those to be able to learn how to do it. Yeah, the, the hero's journey is, is such an important thing. I, I heard somebody say this a couple of weeks ago. They said, when you're starting into a new venture, a, a new venture or a new decision in your life, there's always going to be those, that initial excitement, but then there's going to come the initial trials of, of testing whether this is really the thing for you. When you get to that point, a lot of people will just quickly turn around. Sometimes you need to push through and that's the challenge is, are, is this right for you? And you push through. Other times it's like, I think you've hit a, a dead end. It's time to look at a different part of your life and a different direction. So there's a balance there as well. That's where the self-awareness becomes so important. The self-reflection becomes so important because you're right, James, there's, and it's hard to distinguish between those two. Is this a dead end or is this something that I need to press through to continue on and grow and level up my skills or my abilities, whatever it is, my knowledge. And because I've hit several points like that in my life where they were dead ends and I was pursuing the wrong work, the wrong focus, the way I was approaching things were incorrect. But then there's also points where I'm dead on with what I'm doing and where I'm at and I'm aligned, but I just got to push through this, this challenge where, because it's something, and you know this, I know, because you've been building businesses and you've, you've come up with ideas and you've brought things to life. There are points where we meet resistance and we got to build momentum and energy to crack through so we can bust through that next level. And that next level takes us up and everything that we do is elevated. But that energy that we need to crack through is that resistance. And, and that awareness is what helps us to navigate. Is this resistance or is this a dead end and I need to pivot into something else? Because I've absolutely benefited from the pivot, but you can, I've also spent, I think probably too many years of my life pursuing dead end paths because I was stubborn about what I was thought I want. And it wasn't until I reflected on my true values and then makes those adjustments. So I'd be curious, James, for you, it sounds like you've been going through a bit of a, you know, your, your adjustment reflection period here in your own hero's journey based on where you are with your business and your life. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll just uh, give some context. So the first couple of years of the business was definitely a struggle. I didn't know what I was doing. I, you know, I, I knew how to build websites. I was the techie guy again. So I, you know, I could do the website thing. And, uh, there was a lot of bumps and bruises along the way, but about three or four years in, we finally learned how to actually grow the business and how to help other people grow their business. And once that happened, things just went up and we just kept hiring team members. A couple months ago, we had 10 people full-time working on the business and we had systems and processes, different departments. And we had all these different things that was going really well. We had a lot of people, we had worked with some of the largest companies in the world. We had recurring revenue coming in and it was, it was really great. And the team was on the same page and, and yet there was still something that was missing, right? There was still something internal. Although on the outside, the numbers were great. It was, it was great money. Still, there wasn't alignment with exactly where I wanted to go. So yeah, that was definitely, definitely a point where I had to take that, that, that step back and see what was going on. So when you, James, so you're going through, I know building a business for 13 years, there were probably several points in that journey where you were struggling. I imagine your first couple of hires were probably a fun, rocky learning to hire and, and lead as a manager, because it's definitely a different skill set, building and doing the work yourself versus pulling out and, and overseeing projects and things. What, what was, what were some of the things that you had learned or picked up or discovered during those times that helped you navigate uncertainty and, and challenges in your business and in your life uh, that you didn't really know how to navigate initially? I, I think there's, there's a lot to be said about the, 
Pareto's principle. And this goes into, that's the 80-20 rule, mm. which, which means that 20% of the production can produce, or 20% of the input could create 80% of the, the result. So in other words, in my daily life personally, as well as in my business, there's things that I can choose to do that will help uh, what I'm doing a little bit. It could help my relationship with my family a little bit, or there's some things I can do that could make a big difference. And it's the same effort, right? So it's, it's figuring out what that is. But also that helps with trying to decide what to do. There's tons of fear when it comes to taking risks, whether it's with our career or family or whatever it is. There's a lot of risk from what it looks like from the outside, just taking a step forward. So we get stuck in that moment of like, again, scarcity of like, okay, if I can't make this thing work, then it's over, right? So I think that 80-20 rule is things are going to break. Something's going to happen, but it doesn't mean it's over for you. So just having that mindset of like when I hired my first person, they were a hundred percent the wrong person. And we, they stayed on for, I think like three or four months or so. And in the end, they, <laughs> they, they called me and said, Hey, I need to have a conversation with you. And we sat down and they said, this is not working for me. And it was out of the blue to me, to me, it was like, things are going great. They're doing some of the work. Of course, there's some fixes, but it was just like, oh, okay. You just drop that and he's gone. All right. But what I've learned is. If you can just focus on the, the biggest levers, if you will, of life or in, in business and not be so concerned with being a hundred percent, like they say, perfect is the enemy, great is the enemy of good. Mm. Just taking that first step and knowing things will break, keeping that in mind, knowing that there's going to be that trial, no matter what, it's going to be painful, but you're not going to die. That makes it a lot easier. It definitely does. That That's one of the values of learning the growth mindset, James, is, is, embracing the mistakes, embracing the setbacks, embracing that you're going to, you're not going to know everything, especially if you're doing something that you've never done before, launching a business, starting a new job, pivoting into a different career, getting married, man, starting a family. There's a lot of things that we do as humans that we've never done before. And we have to figure it out as we're going. And that happens a lot more than people admit openly, even people that are quote unquote successful, they're figuring it out along the way. And realizing that none of us have all the answers. I love that component of, of the 90% the component you share with me at the top of the call with your team where you want to get it to 90% because you're not going to get 100%. Perfection doesn't exist. It's just, it's, but so when you embrace that, you allow yourself flexibility to make mistakes, learn, adjust, and then move forward. It's that fear, again, that scarcity mindset, the perfectionist, that freezes us, that stops us, that makes us that that keeps us from moving forward and embracing the muck the muck of it all is can be a superpower because you can it actually it allows you to celebrate the things that go quote unquote wrong because all they are are signals to adjust that's all really it is like if you're building a website you're in a career and it sucks like well okay i just need to adjust the, the site seeds slow the copy is not clear. Let's just work on it. Let's get more dialed in with our, our target audience, whatever it may be, right? You're obviously a, a better marketer than I am, James. I'm just using some of the, the entrepreneurial language that I know you do in that agency world. But those things can be applied to all areas of our life, whether we're running a business or not. It's just embracing the setbacks, the growth, the m mistakes, quote unquote, and look at them as signals to learn from and grow. Absolutely. And this might be a useful mindset or framework to keep in mind as well. If you're in a, a bad situation or something's not working, usually there's only one or two things that make the majority of the problem happen. Usually just one or two things. And if you can just hone in on what are the biggest things, like you can think about any situation in life uh, or business, whatever you want, and think, wow, this, this is painful. I, I don't have money. I can't afford food. Okay. That's that's one thing that I could fix. I could go find a job or I can find additional income or I can do something like that. Or there's just, there's usually just one or two things that make up the majority of the pain or majority of the situation. And you can think of a million other things that's also causing pain and problems for you. But when you have the majority of that stuff figured out, it's just like little mosquitoes, just a little annoying thing. You just, you know, pick them off. So that's, it's a, it's a helpful mindset thing for me, at least of you're only one or two steps away from something completely different. It can make such a big change for you. Keeping that in mind is, is not, you're not in this five mile deep ditch. You're literally one or two steps away from changing completely everything. That's great, man. And, and you really, 
And you only know that by just taking that one or two actions, right? Those one or two steps in a direction, in a new direction, whatever it may be. And you, to your point, you, you could turn around and realize you're already out of the muck that you thought you were in. I think some, what ends up happening is we sometimes overthink a lot of this stuff. We start looking at all the things that are wrong. And then because of that, we're focusing on what's wrong and we're not allowing the opportunities to come in and, and adjust what we could impact. And I think it's also a, an exercise in realizing what we have control over and what we're responsible for. And, and focusing in on one or two things allows us to, to recognize the power that we do have and make changes in a small way. It's, it's so easy to get overwhelmed with all the noise and all the shiny things. And I just need to try this, or I just need to try that. It's, but if you can, I love that, man. One or two things, put your energy into that and then see where it can go. Try it for a little bit, right? Test it out, see what can happen. And if it's not working, try one or two other things, adjust it from that point. It really doesn't, I think we forget that life is truly a journey. I love that you brought up the hero's journey. That, that's really what it is. And if we, can, if we can learn to ground ourselves in the fact that it is a journey, that each day is a privilege that we're here on this planet, we get to do all this crazy stuff, and that we're figuring it out and learning and adjusting, we can be easy on ourselves, we can settle in, and we can enjoy the process, right? Again, saying that, for me, that was such a big change, James, is recognizing how important it is to love and learn to love the process of whatever it is that we're working on, whatever it is that we're building, our career, our family, any of those things. Like learning to love the process is so key. But that, that for me and for you, James, I'm curious, how was it that you started to align your creative process with your values and to find that alignment? And then what has changed that made you realize that maybe you were out of alignment of late? Yeah. Well, just to comment one last thing on the last topic. So I, I actually made a post on my Facebook page the other day. I said, if you're not getting paid a fair value for your skills, consider shifting where you, you're using them. Many times a simple change in industry or position can be a 10 times different result. Prime example. So it's, so it's the same thing with, with your skill sets, with your natural talents, with the, the geography of where you are. Literally with what you've got, if it's just redirected in a different direction, it can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. So. so it's like, as an example, if you're a marketer and maybe you're in, maybe you're, you're working at an agency or maybe you're working in a different industry, maybe you, you take your marketing skills instead of yoga, maybe you go to physical therapy and you end up finding that you can, instead of a $30,000 job, you end up landing a $70,000 job doing exactly what you were doing before, but the focus is physical therapy. But because if it's a different industry, there's now opportunities, right? So that, I think that's the essence of what you're saying is, you don't have to exactly. reinvent your whole life to simply pivot into something that could be great and it could be right in front of you. I'll tell you, that's exactly what happened with us. So we were in a, a specific industry. We were offering marketing services. We were also doing appointment setting. We had people who would reach out to help uh, set up appointments. And in one industry, it was, it was really tough. It was very slow. It was not working very well. And one day I, I thought, you know what? Let's try a different industry. We changed industries and that's where things just blew up. Mm-hmm. Same exact process, same exact everything. The only thing that changes is who we were helping. So there's no difference. Since we were right there the whole time. See, so, that's yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Well, and see, I love that. So that was a lesson learned hard in the field too. <laughs> you learned that the hard way. It's, yes. It sounds like. <laughs> that's awesome, yeah, man. When, well, yeah. No, I was just going to I just love the simplicity of that too. Like it's, I think sometimes, again, this is where, we can overcomplicate things and overthink things sometimes. We, we think, oh, this isn't working for my company. I need to start a new company I need, or I need to get completely out of marketing. Because I mean, that's the thing, James. Like imagine if you're like, well, this isn't working. I suck at what I'm doing. My t- like this just isn't working and I just close my business. If you, instead of just pivoting into a different industry, like a lot of times that happens. A lot of times that happens. And sometimes that's where, which I, I want to get into this a little bit too, because the self-awareness piece really matters a lot to, to, to distinguish between true dead ends for who we are and what we value versus those challenging points that we need to push through to get to the next level and continue on the journey that we're on, the path that we're on. So like what for you, James, as you've been doing this for 13 years now, you started coming into some shifts here lately. What, 
what were some of the signals and what, what were some things that you've been doing to reflect on to help you get clarity around where you want to go? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the signals uh, came from when I first started, I, I, I built the mindset that um, it's going to be hard and it's going to be difficult for a very long time. And so I, I had that mindset going in and as I figured things out, things got better and things got better and things got better. Uh, but as we continued to scale up, uh, I realized my actually natural talents, my actual natural passions weren't being utilized anymore. And I had stuffed down the, we'll, we'll call it the true me of uh, ideation and creation that got basically suppressed. So as we grew, I, I started to realize that the, the thing that got me excited in the beginning is not where I am today. So that was, that was a, a misalignment that, that occurred and it occurred slowly because as you're doing new things, it's new and exciting. It's novel. It's, it's interesting. But as you get deeper into it and you figure things out, it's, it, those are some of the trigger points for me of, okay, this is not how I saw my life. This is not how I saw my daily would be. This is not the, the type of creative work that I know I could bring more value to. And literally I got to a point where I realized I, I'm not, uh, somebody said this uh, probably a month or two ago to me, and they, they literally said, if you are not in alignment with your work, then you are not bringing the most value to the marketplace. You're not helping the people as much as you possibly can. So, you know, same with relationships, same with family and friends. Like if you're not doing you and, and providing all the gifts that you have, then you're forcing something else that's not 100% you and you're not bringing your 100% self. So you're going to feel that. It's going to be painful. And also nobody's going to gain any value from that. So that was, that was a really interesting shift for me. That's, that's how I got to that point. And what I've, what I've been doing in terms of figuring out what that next step is, is self-awareness. That's a hundred percent what needs to happen. There's literally a million things that anybody could do in their life. I always like to, Ty Lopez talks about this all the time. I really like it's your, your health, your wealth and your relationships. Those are three strong pillars that are important to look at in everybody's life. And you have strong relationships with family, with friends, colleagues, wealth, you need to be able to afford things and have a career. And then also the most important is, is health. You've got to have your health. And if you don't focus on that, then go by the wayside. Nothing else matters if you don't have that. Yeah. So it's, it came down to just thinking of who I am and figuring out how, how I could best operate. I'll give a couple specific examples if that'd be helpful. One of them is there's a test called the Gallup Strengths Finder, mm. and it is is really good. It's it talks about what your natural talents are, and it helps identify and, and label things. Nothing's ever 100, percent but it helps at least give you some categories of ideas of in the optimal. What do you do best, and how do you operate best? So I think that was a really good, valuable thing for me to say. Okay, cool. I'm good at these things, right? Now I've got these millions of opportunities, right? But at least now I've got it narrowed down a little bit. So it's just about taking that step-by-step -step process to help narrow that field to smaller. Because I'll be honest with you, I, I definitely hit a moment where it was like, there's too many choices, hmm. there's too many options. I've, I've been through all this, through all this crap, and I don't want to make another mistake, and I, I don't want to tread where I, I go uh, a year or two down the road, and and I end up saying, okay, that was a mistake too. So there's that feel that, that, that fear that came back of like, how do I make sure that I don't make that mistake again? Mm. So th the best way that I've been able to do it is one work towards that self-awareness, but also just start making some steps. Right. Mm. So that's, that's why I've looked at it. And as this transition happened, that's powerful, James. <clears throat> and I think it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed by choices like that. I can definitely relate to that. I think sometimes too. And this is what's beautiful about self-awareness and reflecting is, is it can take some time and, and taking the time to reflect on our childhood, things that we enjoyed when we were younger. I think things that activate that interest, that curiosity, the passion within us, th those are great signals to explore. And dude, sometimes like when I was younger, I, or younger being in my 20s and I was trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. I, I knew it was entrepreneurship. I knew I wanted to, to build a business. I had no idea what that would look like. I've tried a bunch of stuff, man. And 
And and to be frank, it wasn't really until because I've created content throughout my life too. This iteration of what I'm doing now is the culmination of all the things that I've worked on over my life and and came together. But I didn't see that when I was in my 20s. I never would have thought podcasting or creating content around self So sometimes my point is we have to explore things in our life, particularly when we're younger or when we're in our 20s, we're exploring things, we're figuring out. We kind of have to muck it up a bit to figure out what we don't like and have some contrast too to say, okay, I, I certainly know I don't like that. Like for you and your journey, you knew corporate world wasn't for you after a couple of tries, you realized that's not a good fit. But then you pivot, you spend over a decade building a business and you come back to a point where you realize, wait, okay, I, I'm here. I built this business. It's operating like a well-oiled machine, it seems like. But you're an idea guy. You love bringing things from nothing and then bringing them to life. That's you using your creative powers. But when a company's operating well, you've got systems in place, you've got a great team around you, it's kind of boring if your thing is ideas and new stuff, right? So that's, I imagine that's part of your journey of realizing like, whoa, man, this kind of sucks now. And I've, I've like, I put in a decade plus of this and I'm unhappy. What the hell? Like, is that? A hundred percent. Yeah. And that, you summed it up really well as well. I, I don't, yeah, we, we built the, the well wheel machine, basically like a, a really high quality factory and it, that because of the nature of the business, it, it doesn't, it doesn't spawn innovation, it doesn't spawn new ideas and, and things for growth, opportunities for growth. And, you know, you can make good money. It doesn't matter if you're not doing the thing that really fulfills you on the day-to-day -day basis, but that's exactly what happened. And another framework that I like using, you kind of touched on it is called the Eulerian destiny. Mm. So the Eulerian destiny is a, a Venn diagram of three things. The first one is it's basically a self-assessment of what did you enjoy doing naturally as a child? Because when we were younger, we had no filters, we had no restraints put around us. And when we look back to our childhood, we can see what are the things that naturally drew us? Some, some people just love being in nature. Some people love building things with their hands. Some people love coming up with ideas. People love playing music. And when you look at your childhood, it's, it's a, a fairly useful thing to look at of how were you when you were unfiltered, when you had no structure around you? And so that, that's the, the first part of the Venn diagram. But the second one was, what have you done the last 10 years? Naturally, what are the skill sets that you've built? And that's when you one. kind of match those two, it, it's really a, a good combination to look at, okay, cool, moving forward, here are two potential uh, cross, cross paths of things that I could do. So that really helps. So that's, that's another angle to it. That was, that was something I've never heard of, uh, the Valerian destiny, you said. Is that what it's called? Eulerian. Eulerian. Yep. E -U Eulerian. Definitely yep. have to link to that in the resources. So you've, you've been going through some self-reflective exercises, James. You're working on getting clarity on what you want to be doing now. You've been running a business for 13 years. What's, what's coming out of the process now? Where are you looking forward? Like, where is your future headed? What, what's the new path looking like? Yeah. So uh, the journey will never end, but in the process where I am now, it's, I now have a better understanding of that, that creativity, that ideation, that part of that comes from the, the Gallup Strength Finder test, which, which is helpful. But the, the next businesses that I'm working on are focused around innovation, about coming up with ideas and being creative in that way. I'm also very structure focused. So it's, it's a funny combination as a personality, but it's just how I'm thinking about it moving forward is, okay, these are the, the core three or four pillars of who I am that would make my daily. Frank Kern is a, a real popular marketer uh, that exists out there. He did a really good exercise where he, he called it the ideal day. And he basically had, he said, take some time and write out your day, what your ideal day would look like. It would be not just like three or four bullets. It's 7 a.m. I wake up. I go take a shower. I eat this type of food. I have this conversation with friends or family. I, I do this. So write out the exact ideal day and work towards putting yourself in the position. Uh, I, I loved how this was, this was framed to me. It was create the environment around who you are. Hmm. Find the thing, find the job position, find the career, find the, the location where you want to live. I lived in Mexico for a few months and, and build it around who you are. The rest of it becomes a lot easier. 
So that's that ideal day exercise really helped me a lot in figuring out where I want to go. That's awesome. That's a fun exercise to do too. I've done something similar to that. I don't think I learned about that from Frank Kern. I'm aware of him. He's an author, right? Yeah, he's an author and uh, he does a lot of coaching and yeah, a bunch of things. Yeah, I think I've read one of his books, I think. But that is a great exercise to really, because, and, and James, I think that's what, that's the power of this is that our fulfillment, our career success, the impact that we make in the world, the highest level, the highest version of that is going to be from the process of reflecting on who we are. You were saying it earlier, all of us have these unique talents and gifts and skills. And if we're not honoring those things, we're not bringing the best that we have to the world. We're not offering the most value that we can to the world. And that doesn't mean like a job or, I mean, which it can be any of those things, but we all bring these unique talents and skills and gifts into the world. And the universe has created us in that way to bring those talents and skills in this world. And when we elevate the status of humanity in our life together, when we reflect on those things and we make the choice to honor them, even though that may bring challenges in our life, it may make people uncomfortable. We may lose friends and family members based on these changes, but the, the world is so different when you start to honor yourself and live from what values you have, what you care about, instead of the shoulds, the obligations, the expectations. And so many of us live from that out of fear, as we were talking about earlier, that fear versus abundance component. And we are made to create, man. Like, and that, again, you can create in a job. You don't have to be an entrepreneur or business owner to do, like all of us have this right. creative capacity and it's the way we bring ourselves to whatever it is that we do. And all that is predicated on our ability to be aware of who we are and what matters to us most, and then take action to align our life with that. Absolutely. And I want to say this, I've got on my wallpaper, uh, on my phone that says the world is desperate for you to share your gifts. And it's just a reminder to, to focus on that. And, and look, I, I've been in the situation where in the, the first couple of years of the business, I didn't have money coming in and it was very stressful when you can't eat or you don't know where you're going to live or you don't have those resources. And, but it's important to don't put the cart before the horse. Start first with your values, like you said, start with your gifts and think, what can I do with those gifts to provide value? Just spend five minutes because usually we're, we're all stuck in the, the scarcity of, I don't know what to do. I don't have the money. I, I got to figure this out immediately. Just take five minutes. Most people don't do this. I didn't do it. And just figure out what it is that gift thing is, and at least take a step towards that direction. You won't be able to do everything day one. It's fine. It's a process. But at least start with that, pro with that mindset of here's the direction I want to go. Okay. And also I need to, to get a, a second job, or I also need to supplement my income so I can survive. That's important too. But start with that piece first and just have that in mind. So, you know, so it's clear to you what you're trying to, what you're trying to do. So you don't just keep getting distracted for 20, 30, 40 years end up doing the thing you didn't want to do. Which is sadly what a lot of people end up doing because they get stuck in that cycle and they never get out of it because they don't take that time to just start. Because what you described, James, very practical and straightforward, but you're opening a door to a new pathway that can grow. And I think that's also part of this is it's rare that you have this full clarity moment in this thing, like, oh, this is exactly what I'm doing. And this, most of us, piece it together bit by bit and it helps and happens by exploring and being open and curious. And to your point, it starts with just small exercises like this to get us going in that direction, right? It doesn't have to be world altering. Just start a little bit at a time. Just think about a thing that you're passionate about. Something that, the exercise you gave earlier was great. I think that's there's a lot of practical components to this stuff and we get overwhelmed by trying to have it all figured out. Five minutes today of doing a little bit of this work, if you do that each day, man, that will build. If you did that for a month, you would be shocked at the clarity you could find in a time period of committing to it. But we have to commit to ourselves, don't we, in, in the work that it requires. But it's so fulfilling, man. There's nothing like this. There's nothing that's fulfilling like that in this way. And it's best for all of us to do this work because the world benefits from it too. Absolutely. And I definitely recommend... Those things that you're Destiny, the uh, Strengths Finder, uh, Ideal Day, 
it, start with that. There's many, there's hundreds of exercises that can be done, but just to keep it simple, just start with those three. And then the next thing would be go to your friends and family and ask them what they think your strengths are. I think that's a good secondary thing. Mm. You always want to make sure you self-assess first so you don't have a, a tainted view. But there's sometimes other people see that, that you don't see because you're in the weeds of it. And it's just a completely different perspective. And that's, that's also useful as well. I love it, James. I love it. Well, two things here before we wrap. Let's, if you can, I'd love to hear a parting message that you would share. You just shared, I think, a great, great action, some actions to take there. But I'd love to hear a parting message from you. And then how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in working together or just learning more about your work? I'm going to quote a coach that I really like. She's become really popular, Marie Forleo. Mm. She said, everything is figureoutable. I love I'll it. It, it is. It is. Whatever, whatever you're going through, there is a solution. There is an answer. It may not be the, the perfect 100% best answer possible, but there is an answer. If you're in those moments where you don't feel like there's a way to go, there is a way to go. That's great, James. Simple, powerful, hard-hitting. That's a good one. How can people get in touch with you if you're interested in learning about your work? Yeah. So you can go to bradideamarketing.com. That's our website. On LinkedIn, I believe I am the other James Smith is my URL. That's probably the best two places to find me. Nice. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. James, I really enjoyed our conversation, man. I'm excited to see where you're going to take this this new transition and and get back into the sandbox, it sounds like. It sounds like that's really where you belong, man, is in the the idea creating sandbox building that's that's going to be fun so i'm going to be excited to watch your journey man as you continue to progress on this lifelong hero's journey that we're all on right absolutely yes thank you awesome well great james i appreciate your time brother audience to you attention your awareness all of that is so critical and vital in today's world so i deeply thank you for giving that to us in this conversation i hope you found value and insights in it it's a privilege to get to do this I definitely appreciate you being here with us. So with that being said, until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.